Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into the Winner's Circle Network, and this is Center Court with Ralph Sampson. It's fun and games today. Fun and games. I'm going to find out from the big guy that when he was this three-time All-American basketball guy, the lawn, the media, all this stuff was all around Ralph Sampson. Did he have time to play video games? Ralph, were you a video gamer in the early days? And you may still be today. Like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm dating myself okay. right now, video game-wise. So my first video game experience was something called Atari Pong. You play tennis back and forth. Absolutely. Very slow and move the thing up or down. I, <laughs> I had one my first year in Houston in 1983. So mm-hmm. I played Pong and I could play by myself. And I had a big screen TV and Pong, but it was like, okay, watching tennis go and watching the ball <laughs> go from side to side. So that's my first ever video experience. And you know, and, well, I'll go back as well. We want to go back to the Donkey Kong experiences. Sure. You know? uh, and uh, and when I lived uh, with Coach Holland and Miss Holland downstairs in their basement one year, we had Donkey Kong. But sure, we could play that a little bit. So that may be the earliest that I have seen any video gaming systems ever. I'm going to let you in on a little secret because I became a big Atari guy when I was at Virginia. And it was nah. your, I think it was your senior year. So it was around 82 and I got space invaders. And oh, so, okay. so one of the road trips, I decided to take the gaming control to the, on the road trip. Oh, wow. Well, Terry Holland and Jim Laranega and Dave Odom and everybody, they found out about this gaming system and guess what we ended up doing the night before a game. And you know, Terry Holland was so superstitious. We did this road trip after road trip. We played Space wow. Invaders for dollars with oh. teams, with teams. And my most vivid memory is that Terry Holland and I were on the same team. And I was, I needed, I don't know, 1,200 to win. And he got on his knees like he was coaching Ralph Sampson in a regional <laughs> no. final. And Terry got on his knees and said, now, you know what you're going to do. You know, he's taking me through. Wow, wow. See, that's, so- that's behind the scenes um, <laughs> basketball. If you remember, we had a fire alarm pulled. We, I think we were going to play George Washington on the road. We were up in D.C. and there was a fire alarm pulled. 
And okay. so we ran out, we had to stand in the parking lot for a little while. And Terry Holland looked at me. He didn't care about the radio like, gear. See, like he didn't, he, he didn't worry about clothes. No, nothing. He just got up. He, he looked at me and he goes, do you have the Atari? Oh, wow. Because he was, that, you know, that, how was super, main, that was the main thing. You know how superstitious he was. So, okay. So my question to you is the first time you did that, did we win the game? <laughs> yes. And that's why after, because of every road trip. And then, and then we go to Atlanta. We're going to play Georgia Tech. We got a big ACC game on the road. I go down to eat dinner at the Marriott Marquis. I come back to my room. My game control Atari wow. is missing. You know why? Terry and Odom were practicing because wow. they had to prepare for the night we had. Wow. They stole my game. I looked, I, I couldn't find it. They actually gave me a special Virginia bag to carry. The game control. That's how superstitious they were. Anyway, wow. that transitions into today as we talk esports and gaming with a former All-American swimmer from the University of Virginia and a very uh, enterprising young man. They have built a website and they have joined the esports community. We're going to talk about that, the growth of esports. And yes, you can if you go to college, you can compete on a national and, level and get a scholarship to go play esports. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. I mean, what, the world's coming to That's exactly know. right. Anyway, Ralph Sampson and I come back as we learn about the Bragg house. And if you go to the you will see it. We'll be back with more of center court on the winter circle network. Stay with us. The mission for the Sampson family foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540 540- 615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. That's kind of useful. Oh, that angling on that oh Eptovish into the missile weapon now a stock away from being sent home early just swatted him out of the sky and then sent a missile his way oh i thought he was gonna shoot oh and Levin Levin is done. building a game plan for life it's basketball and beyond we return to center court with hall of famer ralph sampson Welcome into the Winter Circle Network, and this is Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Ralph and I just, you know, we we found out that we are closet gamers, but today, uh, uh, yeah, social game. But we're going to dive in to the world of esports. Ryan Baker, senior production manager with thebraghouse.com. He was born in DC. We happen to know his mom a little bit. I know he gets tired of hearing that. Um, <laughs> a little and, bit. Just a little Lavelle, bit. A little bit. <laughs> Lavelle Wan, who is the CEO and co-founder of the website, thebreakhouse.com, a New York guy, went to the University of Texas. And guys, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, we're going to congratulations on your website, all that you've done. And uh, Lavelle, I'll start with you. The Bragg House is kicking some, some backside, isn't it? 
we're we're really happy. We're we're doing we're doing really good. Um, just finished an amazing tournament with our partners McDonald's and Coca Cola, which is like a loyalty tournament. Um, really excited. Just uh, happy to be in the space and actually creating this uh, social network for all gamers. Yeah, we're gonna get into the the whole tournament thing too and what's happening. Maybe we can get Ralph to to uh, run a tournament <laughs> or something. So, and Ryan, welcome. And I know as as one of the production guys and you keep everything afloat. How exciting has the brand been and the movement, uh, you know, where the Bragg House is going? Uh, it's been an incredible development, really. You know, since I joined the company about a year and a half ago, uh, we have just grown to, to new heights, places that, you know, I knew we would get to, but didn't think we'd get to so soon, right? Uh, and it, it's really been a lot to impart to the leadership Lavelle has brought uh, and the, the structure that, you know, he's been able to supply us, you know, as different team members, different uh, different parts of the company. Um, but it's been great. It's been a lot of fun and, and we're excited to keep growing. So so you said it, it kind of exploded. So how much had the pandemic exploded esports? Because I know everybody was at home, kids were at home. And, you know, how much has that affected uh, your, your success? Um, I think uh, what the pandemic did was just accelerate what was eventually going to happen already. Um, gaming is, is, is going to be the future. 69% of new gamers are female. 45% of new gamers, are, sorry, 56% of gamers are men over 45. This is no. something that everyone's going to get to eventually anyway. I think what the pandemic did is it was like, oh, this is, this is accessible. I, I, I can do this. And I don't need to be in a stadium. I don't need to do that. Um, I can just assess that uh, very easily through my computer. So I think uh, it it obviously helped us, but I think it really just accelerated uh, a trend that was going to happen anyway sooner. What games then are you playing? What these schools are all signing up? I mean, you've got I don't even know how many colleges now you represent at the Bragg House, but what games are these schools teaming up to play? Yeah, so there's the more traditional esports games, uh, stuff like Call of Duty, uh, Counter Strike, Valorant. Um, you know, NBA 2K, uh, Rocket League, games like that, League of Legends, Super Smash Bros., all those big ones, right? Uh, but something, too, is that has really, really helped push esports along in this pandemic is the release of a bunch of new games from smaller studios. Um, you know, Splitgate is a really great example of that, which is a newer uh, first-person shooter that has just come out, which implements a lot of really cool different mechanics. Um, but it's really shaking the, the space up. It's giving people an opportunity to get involved in the esports and, and so many different dimensions. Games are now doing a lot of or building themselves out to really focus on competitive play. So that can include things like ranked gameplay, where you know you play against people that are similar skill level to you. If you play well, you go up in rank. Play poorly, you go down in rank. Uh, that includes things like different game modes, which are conducive to a competitive environment, uh, the Battle Royale mode, which came out in like 2017, 2018 with uh, Fortnite and PUBG uh, has been huge in pushing along the scene because it's a, a really easy way to do competitive gameplay. You know, you throw a hundred people into a lobby and let them all battle it out until there's just one remaining. Um, so, you know, all these different games have really, really done a lot to to, like you said, push esports just further along a little bit faster than, you know, it already was going. So I'm going to take you back a little bit. 
knowing your mom and UVA, whatever, as a dad, and Mac, I'm sure you can relate to this as well. I always said my kids, buy me these video games and I can Fortnite and all that I did, purchased <laughs> a lot of them, spent a lot of money, right? And I always tell them, why don't you create your own game instead of playing somebody else's game? And like, this is way too crazy. So knowing your mom and the sports world that she's grew up in at UV, et cetera, when you start playing video games, at what age were you? And then she said, okay, you can't play. And now she's like, oh, I'm so excited. What? Can, tell me a little bit about that. Cause I know it was, a, it, was a, it was a challenge for both of you probably growing up and um, playing video games. Yeah, you know, it was definitely a, another element added in. I was uh, an athlete all the way through UVA as well. So I had school, sports, and also, you know, this passion for video games that I had to balance. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of structure that my parents applied that, that really helped me be able to manage it all and come out on top. Um, you know, I definitely was limited in how much I could play per night, how much, you know, I could play on the weekends, stuff like that. You know, which only made me really want to play more. Playing at, at night, and then I'd hear my mom like walking up to my room. I'd hide it under my pillow, and <laughs> put my head down, pretend to be. A, she always knew. She always knew. But you know, and then as I got older, you know, a little bit more freedom, uh, a little bit more time. You know, kind of make more and more of my own decisions uh, with how I manage my time. Uh, but it was because of that structure I had at such a young age, and and really, I think a lot of the structure of sports helped a lot as well. Um, that you know set me up for success moving forward and not just you know wasting or you know my potential in any one spot because i was focusing too much on anything else yeah. right um and it's funny i do want to touch on real quick the relation between you know people that are in sports and structured sports and also in esports right you know Video games has always been a really great way for athletes to unwind after, you know, a tough practice, you know, hang out with their friends, playing video games. Um, but also, you know, it gives them a really unique mindset. I was speaking with uh, a player in the 2K League um, who used to be an athlete, moved over to uh, NBA 2K and, you know, found a lot of success with it. And he told me, you know, in that scene, a lot of the best players are the players that were all former athletes, either they played in college for varsity or, you know, even a club sport, uh, but they have that structure and they have that work ethic, right? You know, esports at the highest level really it is no different than sports at the highest level. It takes the same amount of determination, same amount of time management, same amount of, you know, mental strength. And the players that have that from structured sports and then can implement that into, you know, how they prepare, how they practice for esports, you know, like it's kind of, you know, they'll watch film after they play, just like, you know, a basketball or football player would. Um, the players have been able to implement what they learn from sports into how they prepare for esports have had the most success. Uh, and I think it's a really cool dichotomy there of, of how these two worlds intersect. Great stuff. Lavelle, so how did you get started then? Was it college? Was it before college and probably high school? You were playing some form of, of, of game, correct? Uh, it, it, actually, it, it kind of dovetails exactly what Ryan's saying about the athlete. I was an athlete my whole life. I was you know, focused on, you know, wanted to go into MLB and play baseball for the Yankees. And just that was my dream growing up as, as, a, as a New York kid. Um, always was on teams. And uh, had a pretty terrible action uh, tore my Achilles and that kind of ended kind of like my career. Um, I was, you know, psyched. Um, and then I went into a very, very severe depression. But um, as Ryan said, you know, 
gaming really kind of connected me. You know, I mean, I played, you know, EA Sports, but I think Hawks Pro Skater 4 was like, you know, the first console game that I was like really excited. And I just remember I, what I did is I was able to start a community, have teammates, and still kind of have that social capital that I felt when I was actually dealing with sports, when mm-hmm. I was playing baseball my whole life. And I realized, wow, you know, you can connect communities, you can build things and really, really connect with people um, through, through gaming. And that's kind of was like the inspiration of it is I was like, man, you know, just like Ryan said, we have like competitive people, these athletes, you know, we want to engage. But I think when we looked at the landscape, we were like, wow, a lot of the gaming platforms are only focused on like the top three to 5% of the top players. And we didn't feel like there was like a platform where we could engage that was like competitive, but more casual and kind of like fun. So Gradcalf literally just started with that. We said, let's create a social experience of something that we feel like we can connect with people with. And obviously as college rivalries, because, you know, we've all, we've, we've all you know, love the college competition. Sure. So we started that with the March Madness and it just kind of, you know, went viral after that. You know, people really started gravitating to it and they were like, wow, we really like this. We really want to engage. And then we started noticing as we started developing more that we were actually giving uh, a platform to a lot of people like Ryan and myself, and they actually hold this home where they're like, wow, we really feel really cool, we can engage. So we started obviously doing tournaments. Um, as you asked the question of how many schools, we have a presence in over hundred schools since March of last year. Wow. Um, and now we've you know, obviously attracted some pretty, pretty big brands who are kind of like, hey, we love your community. Um, but as Ryan said, it's really just an organic community kind of just built around, you know, the passion that we have for connecting sports and gaming. I don't know. It's like I had like no emotion, but at the same time, it felt like unreal. I don't know. Because you were just, you were just in the zone? Yeah, pretty much. So, (laughs) (laughs) woke up, had a banana, won $3 million, no big deal. (laughs) Not bad. Uh, I I just, I gotta congratulate you on this. It's great. It's a great trophy, and uh, I hope to see you again, buddy. Congratulations. Uh, uh, Good job. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift, empower, educate. Welcome back to Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. Ralph Sampson, Mac McDonald, and our guests are Lavelle One of the Bragg House. He is CEO and co-founder of thebragghouse.com and Ryan Baker, a former All-American swimmer at the University of Virginia. So Ralph, you know, Ryan was in the pool. He got out of the pool. He goes, you know, maybe I don't have to go to math today. I'll just go ahead and play Fortnite. And uh, so it turned out good for him. So Ralph, these two guys uh, really have got a community now and uh, they've, they've got a heck of a website. Oh my gosh, it's, it's a crazy website. The, the, the ride is made. It's almost a two-part question here. So, you know, you, you, both of you guys play sports, as you alluded to, wanted to play baseball, swim. So the name Braghouse, so which one of you are bigger bragger than the other one? And how did that name come about? I mean, I know I can, I can brag a little bit on my jump shot, but, you know, which one of you is the biggest bragger and how did that name come about? Uh, I think the name just kind of came about um, because I was kind of conceptualizing. I was like, well, you know, what do you do when you play sports? You, you know, you're competitive. You also like to talk trash. <laughs> you like to your friends. So I'm bragging who's the best. So I just kind of said, oh, you know what? This is our house to do that. <laughs> so that, that's literally how it came wow. in. Wow. I think I think I was a, a young. Uh, I'm, I'm an older version of, of Ryan, so I, Ryan is fit perfectly because I think he probably leads and talks trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I would actually say he's the best bragger, 
but I, I came up with the name. But all I'm right, we got the best bragger. The name came together. So I mean, I mean, it's a great name, Mike. Don't you think? I mean, it's a name well, where if yeah. I can be the best esports player, and I can brag about it in social media. That's because SmackTalk.com was taken. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and Ryan, that's what the community is about, right? You guys. You, you get these teams, you get all these schools, and then I'm, I'm guessing social media, whatever, these people are talking a lot of junk, right, Plan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing we love about our community is, you know, while we do keep it, you know, we, we really want to ensure that's a safe space and respectful for everyone. We definitely encourage, like, hey, talk some trash to your friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, play some brags, you know, betting on or, you know, bragging on who's going to be, uh, you know, better in this game or who's going to perform better even between schools something we really have been trying to, to push has been school rivalries so you know duke unc uba tech uh texas oklahoma you know all this michigan ohio state right uh we really tried to cultivate those rivalries and implement them in the esports because we know you know this gets people riled up people are more engaged when they have some big rivalries and some people that they can talk trash to about things like that um, so it definitely is uh, an accurate name and an accurate <laughs> depiction of our community. And yes, I, I will say uh, I am just a younger version of Lavelle and loves it and, also, <laughs> and hates it too because I, I, I don't just roll over when he when he mentions you know something about UVA. No, so so tell people about the community. I mean, you know, I, I lived in the community, right? Me and Mac, we old school. So my community was streets and bouncing basketball up and down the street. But now there's these online communities, as we know, has evolved over the years. How do people get to the community? What is the community about? How many people? Give us a little intel on, on what your community does and how do people get to it and how does it work? I think, uh, I think, uh, what Ryan was talking about is a perfect way of saying our community. Our community is really inclusive for everyone. Uh, the interaction for the fans, you know, they can go to the website, as you said, they can download our mobile app and they can engage. And even if they're not gaming, they get to watch other people engage. I think the best thing we see is when in the, in like if Ryan and, or someone from his team is like, is like uh, shoutcasting a, a stream, we can go and we can say, we can see the comments and people are just going crazy. It's going at each other, just back and forth. Yeah. They're really engaging. Um, and I think what they engage around is everything. You know, they engage around the schools, they engage around the competition. They really engage, like just watching other peers that they see that they could actually relate to. And then for the gamers, they can do the same thing, but they also, you know, obviously are playing and, you know, they are, they're in there for their bragging rights. So there's really two sets of kind of communities, but everyone kind of works cohesively together. Um, and I think that's what we really, really like about it. Oh, and, and just to jump in with that, you know, something I really admire about our platform too, is it's not just about building the Braghouse community, but allowing gamers to build their own communities. You know, we, yeah. we offer a lot of really great discoverability. So people that do want to stream themselves playing video games, playing in tournaments, you know, it allows people to find them really easily, engage with them either through plays and brags or, you know, talking in their chat whether it's talking smack or, you know, being supportive, you know, it's up to them. Uh, but that discoverability, I think, is a huge draw to our platform as well, where it's not just, you know, I'm going here as, you know, a way to increase the experience for the fans I already have, but a great way to, to gain new fans, new friends, new people to play games with. 
Good stuff. Ryan Baker, senior production manager, thebreakhouse.com, Lavelle Juan. Lavelle is the CEO and co-founder of the website. How, when the website got up and rolled, how did you two find each other? I actually participated in the first Braghouse tournament ever first, representing first UBA. One. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do great. You know, I didn't make it out, <laughs> out of the second <laughs> round. But uh, afterwards, I reached out. I, was, I had a friend who was interning for them already, uh, which is how I you know, found out about the tournament in the first place. I reached out and I said, hey, you know, I really, I really like this platform. I really like what you guys are doing. You know, you guys are a little bit up there in age, though. May not know the best way. To <laughs> uh, you know, do you mind if I just offer, you know, offer a couple suggestions here and there? Uh, and they're, they're, you know, super warm and welcoming. They're like, yeah, absolutely. We sat down and talked um, and then invited me on to be a, a guest host for the championship of that tournament. I was like, a, you know, someone that had gotten bounced out earlier. In it. And then, uh, you know, after that, uh, just kept working with them, you know, finally officially came on uh, in April of 2020, I believe was when I started and, you know, just continued to to grow at, at breakneck speeds. I think, I think that's pretty accurate. I was, I was, I was only, I, that was really, that was really good. I, what I was, the only thing I was going to comment on is the part when Ryan did call us and we're on the phone and I was like, wow, <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, uh, Ryan, you know, that, that example is, I think, why we're so proud of the community because we have to start by by doing it within. So it's like Ryan, you know, the people that we kind of hear, Ryan has grown with the company and now is like obviously a senior member and senior, senior leader in the company. And that's what we do. We start from in with the community and that way it could be organic. So when people talk about it outside, they're like, yeah, you know, they actually practice what they preach here. So, so Mike, Ryan's story is this. So mom doesn't, doesn't let me play video games that much. I'm sneaking under my covers, <laughs> playing video games. I'm, I'm a swimmer, I'm an athlete, and I go to UVA college, but then I go into gaming and I reach out to someone just because I'm excited about what I do, right? So kids out there, like, listen, if you, did, if you didn't reach out to him, you wouldn't be where you are. So it's yeah, amazing to hear that story and how it kind of meshed together in that community as well. Ralph and I were laughing that so many parents have said, look, you've got to get off the couch. You gotta, you gotta swim, you gotta play basketball, you gotta run, you gotta do something, go out, kick a ball, do you know, get outside. Now parents are going, uh, this guy just won three million in fort in Fortnite. Get back on the couch, get that, get that controller. Come on, let's see, you know. And I think when did the when did the college team thing though really, really start? And I guess two-part question, just like what Ralph was saying, are you guys the first real college website or have there been others with, with college communities and college teams that are, are competing against each other? So uh, I, uh, we're not the first to ever just do with uh, like college sports. There's mm-hmm. there a lot of, I think, um, um, but I think what we are the first at is kind of creating these casual kind of thing where people can still compete and give them the same production feel that other that that what you've seen i think the first espn actually of college was again it was an esport league i believe it was uh 2019 or something i could be incorrect but it was very recent but it was again it was the top people at school and it was you know just the top like you know one two percent so i think what we're the first to do is create a home for 
the other 90 plus percent of people uh, and put stuff. them into a, a where where they can say, hey, you know what? I'm engaging. So see, Ralph, there is a place for us. <laughs> you, you need a seven foot four center that can play esports. I mean, I'm good. I can sit in a chair tall. And, and I, I got my hands can, you know, play the, play the, play the keyboard. No, uh, no, no, going to get nuked down. Uh, Schleyer does get the ace in the hole blocked for him by his teammate. That was so one-sided. I mean, that that's... Well, actually, we have a disconnect out of Nono. I'm not sure if that was on purpose or not, or if that was like a, a bug, but Nono has left the game, and there's no pause, which tells me he's not had a disconnect. He's left yeah, the game. I, I'm hearing from, uh, from announcers that he actually... You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back. It's the Winner's Circle Network, and this is Center Court. And our guests are Ryan Baker, who is the Senior Production Manager for TheBragHouse.com, and Lavelle Wan, who is the CEO and co-founder, and they put together a great gaming community. These guys, I know Ralph would know the history. Esports actually dates back to Stanford University in 1972. And in case you don't know, the first game, Space Combat, was built in 1962 and so we've gone from i don't know 100 people fooling around to now to a community of four million people i mean this is a multi-billion dollar extravaganza around the world in regard to esports and these guys are right smack dab in the middle of it yeah great stuff i mean 1962 to 70s wish i was the one that created back then right we'd be sitting on the beach somewhere right now by now mac but uh, yeah exactly it's all good but it it, it has evolved and it's amazing to watch so you guys in your tournaments, you know, where are you going, where are you headed, and what's on the, what's on the horizon? Yeah, take us through a weekend. What what happens uh, with you guys in your tournaments, and how do they get put together? So the tournaments, you know, obviously they're a lot of fun. We try to make it as entertaining as possible for you know both the fans and the gamers participating. But they they are a lot of work. There's a lot of setup that goes into it. Um, the initial part is you know if we're doing a tournament for ourselves or if we're doing it you know in cooperation with, you know, a different brand or school uh, about figuring out a whole number of things, the demographic, you know, who we're trying to reach, uh, what game we want to be playing, how many days we want it to take, if it's like a bracket, round robin, group play, all those different things that go into to any tournament, really. Mm-hmm. Um, once we figure those out, you know, next step is getting the gamers. So we have a really great team of brand ambassadors that, like Lavelle said, countless schools across the country who help promote the tournaments, you know, we have a great social media team to help get the word out there, find gamers and, you know, really reach out to the casual gamers, not just the people that are in the esports club or on the esports teams, but people that just play these games with their friends, right? Give them an opportunity to get into the space, see if they enjoy it, if they like it, uh, and, you know, build awareness for esports. Once we get those gamers, we begin on, you know, creating the schedule, the layout, um, you know, how long is each stream going to be? Who's going to be casting it? You know, who's going to be managing the gamers behind the scenes? Who's going to be moderating the chat? Uh, you know, when are we going to begin? When are we going to end? What? How long is each game approximately going to take? You know, are we going to have people ready to let these gamers know when they're about to play, when they need to load into the lobby? Uh, you know, when are we going to do this ad read, right? Or when are we going to promote this thing? Uh, uh, how, what kind of talking points do we want to talk about that are relevant to the school or the game, uh, or just like the space of esports at the time? Um, and then once we do all that, it's like, okay, 
we have everything set up. You know, we have to get, hit the technical side, make sure the, the layout of the stream itself, so all the different assets and elements that go into that, images, videos, graphics, uh, you know, animations, that those are all set up. But once that's done, it's like, okay, let's make ourselves as familiar with this game as possible, right? Read into the history, uh, play the game countlessly, just to make sure that, you know, even if it's a game we play all the time, right, that there's nothing slipping through the scenes, that we are the experts on this game so that we can go behind that camera, talk about the players playing it, and, you know, talk with some authority. We know what's going on. We know this game. Hopefully then just put on the, the best show that we can, right, engage <laughs> in the chat during the tournament, which is honestly my favorite part of all of it. Because we, you know, we're casting, but we're reading the chat too. People are, are sending messages to everyone. And uh, we're not afraid to, to call them out if it's something we disagree <laughs> with. Right? We'll, we'll put them on blast. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, it'll be me and a co-caster. So, you know, we have people picking sides. You know, we always, oh, wow. you know, end up picking, like, different teams that we're going to root for or different players. And, you know, we have people in the chat that are picking sides, who's their favorite caster, things like that. You know, start trying to offer, like, little incentives, like, to, to get them on our side. Um, it's a really, really fun, a really fun experience, a lot of work, but you know, it pays off and, you know, we've been, we've done so many tournaments over the past 18 months that we've been able to really, really refine this process, make it super efficient. Uh, so we're not wasting any time or, or resources anywhere, uh, and create a formula for success. I, I did want to add just quickly too, though, that um, in addition to that full production thing too, as Ryan mentioned before, he was so right. You know, we give discoverability to players, so it's a free, you know, free free app to use. You can sign up, you can, you know, literally play, and then have that platform so people can see your stream there, and then people can actually brag on your stream just, you know, by signing up. Well, what's wow. interesting to me is it sounds like you have the Baker rule. So if somebody says, you know what, this Fortnite competition sucks and it could be better if you guys were doing A, B, and C, you know? So <laughs> they, I mean, you get that input, right? From gamers. Some people say, Hey, have you thought about this? How about a 64 team or whatever it might be? You guys take input and you do listen to your community. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You have to. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. We, because of that, we've been able to refine these tournaments so much over the past 18. I mean, you, if you look at the first couple of tournaments we did, they're fine. You know, they're, they're good. Right. But now if you look at the, the level of production we've been putting on our, our more recent tournaments and ones that we have upcoming, it, it's a whole nother level. It's incredible really. Uh, and you know, definitely a testament to, to the hard work that everyone at the companies put in. How do teams get in? Does it cost? Are you guys charging teams to enter tournaments? What, what goes into that guys? Yeah, so people can just kind of sign up to, you know, we've been doing a couple ways, you know, people can just sign up and say, hey, you know, I want to be part of this tournament. Um, what we've been having, we've been getting a lot of requests for specific tournaments, you know, saying like, you know, a big sponsor will say, oh, I want this and I want these schools, or we'll just do from our community and say, hey, let's just create this tournament and we'll recruit gamers. But you can just sign up through the website, there's a sign up thing that says mm -hmm. if you want to be part of it and do it. Um, in terms of fees for it, though, we've been fortunate that sponsors have been covering a lot of fees. But an average fee is uh, it's four ninety nine for a gamer to sign up to be part of a competition. Four dollars. Four dollars and ninety nine cents. Ninety nine cents. Yeah. Okay. How, how many people? Say? How many people? I mean, you have a limit. So me and Mike want to sign up to this two uh, K NBA game today. You have only so many people that can sign up for that tournament or that game, or it's all over. It can be as many as you need. 
You know, so that depends a lot on the game, the style of the tournament, you know, right. what the sponsor is looking for. Uh, if we're doing a game like Fortnite, for example, where you can have 100 people in a lobby, you know, we'll usually cap it around that 100 number. Okay. Um, if we're doing a game like 2K, it can depend. It could either be one-on-one, uh, you know, and then if depending on the size of the bracket, we'll do 32 or 64 or, you know, whatever like that. Or it could be, you know, we're doing games of 5v5 where there's five players on each team. Then, you know, we have hundreds of gamers in, in this tournament, which is, you know, numbers that we've had before. And it, it gets a little hectic, but, you know, we've done a good job managing that. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility. That's another, you know, great thing about what we're able to offer these casual gamers is, you know, we're not just doing the same tournament with the same number of people for the same people every time. We're, you know, really diverse with our games. It's something that separates us a lot from other people that do tournaments who you know, will normally just focus on one game. Um, and it really creates, I think, the most conducive space for a casual gamer to get involved. I was going to say, I think exactly what it is. Like, we have, some, we have a lot of creativity, and I think we do pride ourselves in creating these unique experiences so that people can really feel, you know, like, wow, this is exciting. So it won't be something that you'll see. It'll be something that we've kind of really thought of what is the best way to kind of engage, you know, with these people and have them have the best production that we can give them. Man, yeah. think about it. You can be the coach. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the, the thing we talked about with Coach Allen. You can be the coach. I can be the player. I actually bring my son to be the player, right? Yes. And we, can, we can challenge anybody out there and we can donate the money to UVA uh, uh, Campus Party. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I promise, though, you and I will not be a part of an NBA 2K no, team. I'll, I'll, so I'll have my son with the remotes in the background. Like, I, well, I can talk to noise. So I can have him as, in the background. As I let these guys go, they got a busy day. You know, they got to raise money and build a tournament. But esports now reaches over 450 million users and occasional viewers. The market revenue worldwide is now $1.08 billion, and the media rights, Ralph, are $1.92 million. I think these guys are on the right track, at least Absolutely. Uh, At least Lavelle said. Look, I'm a Texas guy. You know, I got my Texas degree. I know where we're going. So, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Lavelle, uh, best to you and Ryan. Thank you for being a part of uh, Center Court. Uh, we'll try to get people to your website. We'll let people know they can sign up there. And it's been a lot of fun. And I'm just going to join in and watch, I think, and see if I can learn to handle Fortnite. As I said, Ralph, my goal is to try to become a shoutcaster, but I'm a couple. <laughs> I'm a couple. I'm a couple months away from that. Ryan Baker, Lavelle Juan, thank you guys. Winner's Circle Network and Center Court thank continues you guys. right after thank this. You. To get into sportscasting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, "How do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster?" The first thing I ask is, "What have you done? Do you have any experience?" And the answer is normally nothing yet because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one. Full Sail University, great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting, I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together.
Welcome back to Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Great to have you. Uh, Ryan and, and Lavelle were just uh, a lot of fun and, you know, taking us inside this community, Ralph, that now has gone really crazy. Uh, you know, all the networks, ESPN, NBC, they're all jumping on board, as you guys heard, you know, talking about it. And I, I looked at a number, too, that, you know, compared to college football. Last week, 4.79 million people watched Alabama and Ole Miss. Okay, college football, pretty big yeah, deal, yeah. right? Well, right now, viewership for esports worldwide is 474 million people. It, 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 it has exploded. Uh, three or four years ago, I was, man, Lucha, I was in uh, Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Nets Arena, and it was mm -hmm. 18,000 people <laughs> watching an esports competition. <laughs> and I was dumbfounded because I'm sitting there watching these guys and girls mm -hmm. play video games right and like why right and then i start to get more in, in, entrenched in it because it's amazing how this i.e sport which oh I yeah mean, is it really a sport i mean you got guys working out to play i mean it's it's i mean it's crazy crazy yeah the and then the state of the state of virginia they had into esports in the school so every now you got esports teams in high school yeah, yeah esports teams in college it's, it's become crazy crazy wise but i'm still on trying to understand the esports phenomenon because it's not a sport to me but it's physical but it's mental so maybe well, it goes you, both ways. You, you heard the soundbite that i had with uh the national champion that was on the jimmy Val uh, jimmy fallon show and he he won three million dollars as a high school yes. guy you know competing he was like the national champion and so Fallon says, what do you do during, he goes, well, the first thing I do is I get up in the morning and warm up my hands. <laughs> How? How do you, you put them over a hot stove, you I, put them over the kettle, you there's your hands. There are probably esports exercises and things oh, that wow. have gone, it's, it's way past me, but it's, it's something pretty special. And now, as I said, in, in, at Full Sail University, where we are, with the Dan Patrick School, we have a place called the Fortress. I hope someday you get down to Winter Park and you have a chance to see it. But it's amazing. It's a gaming, uh, a gaming auditorium uh, that seats about ten thousand people, wow. and they play wow. and they play NBA Two K. Now you love basketball. Imagine teams of five guys, each controlling one player, and yep. you have to play as a team like you play yep. basketball. It's called NBA Two K, and yep. they have tournaments and. Anyway, it's it's pretty exciting and it's good well, stuff. Well, yeah, it's it's, it, it's it's off the chart. I mean, I've seen that. I've seen the the robotic stuff happening now as well. Oh, and these yeah. arenas where kids create yeah. their own robot and they play a basketball and they try. So I guess it's engineering to some yeah. effect or cognitive thinking or create. I, who knows? But it's uh, amazing to watch uh, the, the 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 phenomena esports grow. And Mac, I can get a scholarship. I can go back to school, get a scholarship. <laughs> I need to play, get my game on. I can get a scholarship to go back to school. Remember, remember when the parents' big push was to get kids off the couch? Yes. You know, to go outside. Now, with that kind of money at stake, you oh, tell Lord. your son or daughter, no, you stay in the basement and practice. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. It makes anyway, sense. Uh, we've got a lot of great shows coming up in October um, this month, which is really good. Uh, real quick, an update. I know it's underway. I don't know. Is the sign up the the restaurant Ralph Sampson American Tap House? Is the sign on the on the door yet? The, the sign is on top of the building. I it's love still, it. Not a permanent sign. It's just the Ralph Sampson American Tap House. It's love sign it. on the door. I was there the other day. They, they cut the bushes and made them a lot neater. So something's coming, but um, 
still waiting on a few things, but all the stuff is finally here. And now we just got to build it out. And we're waiting on permits from the city of Charlottesville. We Perfect. got those in. And now all the designs. And Mac, I don't know if I told you, I took the story that uh -huh. I got a special treat for everybody coming. You remember going in University Hall. Yeah. On the main entrance. Right. Where McHugh Center was. And there was right. a picture of Don Staley and myself. Oh, you got and, the and pictures. The, and, and the Patrick Ewing, right? So you got the pictures. I got the, So I wanted, I told Carl and the crew, I want that picture when they turn down. You go, oh, we'll get it to you. We'll get it to you. It's going to be in storage in uh, Richmond, whatever. I never got it. So some guy took the picture from the track team and took it to his basement. And he found me at a track meet and said I could have it. So I got the picture and it's going to be- How good is that? So, That's well, crazy. And, and as we close, I will recommend this November an esports promotion at the restaurant. I would go ahead and get those games. <laughs> game time could be fun. First game is going to be fun. For Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald. And that's Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. Stick, we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.